This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So we're back for episode three of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. I'm Jamie Whittington, and I'm joined again today by Lee Finch. How are you doing, mate? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Our guest today is Don's fan, Connor Sheridan. How are you, mate? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Been a a long couple of days since Saturday. Yes. Been looking forward to getting on, so thanks for having me, at least. So it's a pleasure to have you, mate. Pleasure to have you. Good to have you on, Connor. Uh, well, you've mentioned football over the past week. Let's start with Posh. That's a bit. Let's start happy and end sad. <laughs> uh, Lee, what are your thoughts on the Posh game last Wednesday? I thought we played really well. Uh, I was happy at half time with the way we played. I thought we'd stayed in the game against them. They could have scored. Uh, they hit the bar. Connell had uh, made a good save. Uh, and I was happy going in at 0 0. Uh, and then, second half, I thought if we can get at them. And get into them early, which we did. Uh, we looked good going forward. And then second half, other than the free kick that went in, which was poor wall, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I thought we, we deserved the three points and, and we looked decent for the win in the end. So I was fairly happy with the uh, with the game. Uh, I was quite surprised by the changes, the changes that he made. Uh, but yeah, it worked out well. I think fresh, fresh legs helped uh, in the game. So yeah, I was fairly happy after that. Yeah, like you said, they had, they had a lot of chances in the first half. We could have easily have gone in at half-time, 3-0 down. But that second half performance was top-notch. Um, some great performances in there. Um, defended well. You're right about the free kick. Certain players jumping out of the way. We'll get to that <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, I thought we were good value for the win in the end. I wasn't, obviously, if you listened to the podcast last week, I wasn't expecting anything out of it. So I was happy to be uh, proved wrong. Um and then, obviously, we were, I was looking forward to Saturday, Bristol Rovers, uh, hoping to push on then. Great result against uh, who will probably be title contenders come the end of the season. Uh, playing a team that started the day inside the bottom three. And, well, we all know what happened. Uh, Connor, what are your thoughts, mate? Oh, well, just before I was at, like football training for my Sunday league teams, we had a game the next day and I remember saying to my mate, who's a Charlton fan, I'm not looking forward to this game. As 
Bristol Rovers, they just got. Is he now permanent in their manager? Or is he still? In, is he interim? Not hundred percent. I'm sure. not hundred percent sure. Yeah, I think he might be permanent because they were saying that with the new manager in charge and they've got a bit of run of form now, trying to turn the tide as well. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it's, it's gonna. They're gonna have that bounce back. The new manager kind of form that team seems to get. So I was always a bit worried, and also I think every Wimbledon fan now knows over the past couple of years, just we seem to beat the big boys, and then it comes down to the teams at the bottom. And we just seem to just give them the free points. So I was yeah, more forward. I was really excited for the Bristol game. I put it on the Twitter as well that it was a game that I thought, here we go. We've we played well against Peterborough. We haven't been spanked, which is what I thought would happen. And first half could have happened. We've got three points from a very good side. And then I'm thinking, yes, Bristol Rovers, they're not, not a great team. They're in the bottom four. Uh, here we go. And then... I was quite happy with the team as well, the, the team and the formation that you picked, consistent again. But again, without Pig, I don't know where we're scoring goals from. Uh, I know we scored two on, on Saturday, but Pig Pig was instrumental to all their goals. And then defensively, we are so bad defensively at the moment. It is shocking. Uh, and I don't know if that's the formation that is hurting us now, the three-five-two, because all, all three of our centre-backs, other than Hennigan, Look, look shocking any time they come in. Will, Soccer, uh, Terrell, Kalambai, they all look like they've got a mistake in them. Uh, and I don't know if we need to go back to a four at the back to help us going forward because defensively we were shocking on Saturday against Bristol. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd say that all four of the goals could have been prevented, really. Um I thought Hennigan coming in was obviously Hennigan's come in. He's played a couple of games and then obviously great result against Peterborough. Maybe that had shored up the defence a little bit, but obviously not. Um, Will's always got a mistake in him. Terrell Thomas isn't the same player this year that he was last year. Uh, love him to bits, but don't know what what exactly is going on with him at the moment. Um, the first goal. Hartigan actually tries to foul the geezer before he really gets going, um, but fails. And then he just skips past two or three players. Great strike, to be fair to him. He's still got a lot to do when when he pulls the trigger. Yeah, sorry, uh, Connor. Uh, I, I think his ego's got too big. Everyone thought he was like Virgil van Dijk last year. And everyone, obviously, he, he deserved his player of the season. But this year, I, I just think that the, the, the stuff that's been getting at him or maybe his agent or people are blowing smoke up his ass. It's actually got to him that now he thinks he's a world beater and he's just fallen off. And again, stuff with like his, his Twitter about him playing PS5 and stuff like that, which is all well and good when you're, when you're playing well and you're doing, doing well. But he just looks like, he looks like he should be back in the conference with Sutton. For me, I, I can't see him being a League One footballer, but then I agree, I don't believe that we'll... Or Paul Kalambaya, League One footballers either, unfortunately. So you mentioned about the formation. Um, obviously, we've been playing with three slash five at the back for essentially a good couple of years now. Um, the three, the three in the back or the five at the back is supposed to shore up the defence. You know, you have the extra man. <laughs> yeah, I know you're laughing. Um, 
is supposed to show up the defence. You've got the extra man in there. Um, I can't remember who it was. A pundit once said that you play a back three because your defenders aren't good enough to play as a four. You know, you don't trust them to play as the four. Um, we, we spoke about plan Bs last week uh, and our lack thereof. Um, it'd be interesting to see if we could play with four at the back as a different option. Keep teams guessing because it happens a lot with Wimbledon in seasons previous where we start a season fairly well and then we get found out quite quickly. Um, and when we get found out and we don't have a plan B, then things can really quickly start to change and we start looking below us again, which I really, you know, it's been a shit enough year as it is. I really can't, can't face another relegation battle, if I'm honest with you, after such a strong start. Um, but yeah, if if you could switch the three into a four, what would you be? What would you? What would you be thinking? Personally, I just don't think a four back would work. Because I think in the Bristol game when Steve Steve Seddon came on and Chocker came off, and I think to me it looked like we were switching to a back four then. And I just don't think Steve Seddon defensively is good enough. He's I think attacking wise he's well, he's levels above what we've got, but defensively, I just don't think he offers as much as well what we've had, or what, maybe Nesta. Yeah, no, I agree. And again, Jamie, you just hit now on the head there when people say that if you you can't play a free, you play a free because you haven't got good enough players to play at four. Which I think that again, we've got one good, I think, centre back in Hennigan. And then the others are really, I really struggle with League One quality. Uh, I, I think that's unfair on Terrell Thomas. I think he is a League One defender. He's just not in the best run of form at the moment. I think he proved last year that he is good enough. One, one season in League One and he was good. Then this year he's been pretty bad, to be fair. But then all of our centre backs at the moment, apart from Hennigan, who's come in, have been pretty bad. Again, we, we, we go over this every week. His will was out the door. A couple of weeks ago, Will was not good enough for for our, our League One team because Glyn wanted him on loan. That could have been because he weren't fit or injuries, but he was out the door. I agree with you, Connor, about uh, Seddon. Uh, and again, the point that we keep going over is where are these other players like Osu? Is he just coming back from injury? Because it's weird. Because I think it's a relative of his keeps liking posts on Twitter regarding him not being in the squad and is he out the door and stuff like that, and he keeps liking them. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit that I find that quite strange. Uh, but we could have Osu as a left back, and then we could have Seddon as a left sided midfielder, a winger kind of thing. Or you could then you can mix them both up, and have Nesta come in as well. And you could do the same on the right. Uh, but yeah, it, it's strange how Osu's relatives are liking posts on him being out the door and not being injured and stuff, which I find quite strange. Yeah, I think um, I think earlier when I was. Just scrolling through Twitter, I thought I saw the official Wimbledon account tweet something about Osu, like a video or something that he apparently said. So that, to me, suggests that maybe he's back in the team. Maybe he just had a little knock or something. Yeah, I think he's in the squad for tomorrow's game uh, against... Uh, not tomorrow's game, because this goes out on Thursday. So this is a game against Arsenal, uh, which we will... Uh, be discussing, but yeah, I think he's in the squad for that game. Uh, 
And I think that's why they... I think they're saying that he was coming back from injury, but I don't believe that. Seriously, don't think that he's been injured. I think he's uh, just been out of favour. But, yeah, I think he, that video was linked with uh, the game against Arsenal. As you brought the Papa John's trophy game against Arsenal on Tuesday night, which obviously would have been played by the time this podcast is released... Um, what do we what do we reckon wholesale changes? Yeah, I think we will bring in. Hopefully, we'll see wholesale changes. Hopefully, we'll get Palmer on from the start, and he'll play ninety minutes. He needs ninety minutes against an Arsenal under twenty one team. He's hopefully he'd be okay against them. I'd like to see a couple of our youth team players come in. Uh, so Frimpong, a couple of players like that come in, and also then give the Osus maybe Roscoe. Maybe we'll we'll find him again, and hopefully he's not stuck in Wales, self-isolating or something, or his moustache is fully grown and he can come out now. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll have him playing as well. Uh, and yeah, I'd give a lot of the squad. Some of our players need a rest. That's a given. We've played a lot of games recently, so this is the best chance now on Tuesday to give some of our fringe players a chance in the game. And then a couple of our youth team players go and say, look, you're playing against one of the best youth academies there. Go and prove yourself. What are your thoughts on the Papa John's Trophy? Obviously, with the inclusion of uh, them, I think that it's mostly Premier League under-23 teams. There's some championship. Um, there are rumours circulating that Oza will play on Tuesday, uh, which I think, if he does, it makes a mo- more, even more of a mockery of the competition than it already is. Uh, you've got a 32-year-old on 350 grand a week playing in a under-23 side, academy side. Um, it's a tough one because uh, if we do well, we get money. Uh, if we do well, if we do really well, it's a chance to go to Wembley. Uh, but I don't agree with the competition at all. Uh, okay, I, I, it's a chance to get money for us, I think. And uh, hopefully we'll see in the Papa John's Trophy a slice of luck. And uh, we can... <laughs> and we can put the delivery into the box. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's an awful, awful gag. Thing. Sorry, that's sorry, terrible. sorry. Go on, Connor. How do you feel about Arsenal? <laughs> well, I mean, when you teams first come in, I weren't actually, I weren't happy about it at all. I thought this is usually a competition for your lower league clubs go to Wembley, get their day out. But I mean. I may not go to the earlier round. Well, I mean, I can't this season. But if we were able to go to Wembley, would I go? Yeah, I probably would. If I'm going to be honest. No, no chance. I would, I would too. No chance. B team boycott. You wouldn't go. B team boycott. B team boycott all the way. B-team Why would you want to go Wembley and and watch us win a Pat John's trophy? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Because well, I'm a Wimbledon fan and we never win anything, pretty, mate. I, I just find it very <laughs> cheesy. Oh, Jesus Christ. So we just called it there, lads. I've had enough already. Well, we've still got to discuss Charlton. <laughs> sorry, Connor, you had something to say as well. Sorry, no. I'll stop the pizza puns now. But yeah, B team boycott all the way. I was going to say that when you said why I go to Wembley, it's, uh, it's a day out of Wembley. It's another reason to go there. And I mean, we'd probably end up losing to a Sunderland or a Charlton, but and we'll probably get out. Nah. They'll probably bring. God knows how many thousand fans, and we'd only have about ten of us in a corner. But yeah, well, 
same against Plymouth. Plymouth were winning the uh, playoffs because they brought out 100,000 people to Wembley. Do you know what I mean? We only had a small contingent. Yeah, Wembley, I've completed it. So it's all right. Fine. Completed it. Oh, playoff final against <laughs> Plymouth. That's enough for me. I don't need to go watch some pizza trophy against Chelsea B or something. No, thank you. Uh, and then Cholton on Saturday. They're flying, aren't they? No, they lost on against the scum on Saturday. Just gone. Did they? Yeah. Uh, they were flying up until they lost against franchises on Saturday. at the Valley or is it it's at the Valley, isn't it? See, yeah, one thing I'm missing about Cholton away is we used to get a boat trip. So you get a boat from the Thames. All the, well, obviously the Thames. So you, get, you go down <laughs> near Waterloo Station and you go from there and you go all the way up down near the MI5 building, you go that way, past the uh, Parliament, Big Ben, and then you come all the way back down to Greenwich. And literally, by the time you get to Charlton, you don't even know what day it is. So, football, it doesn't even matter, really. So, that's one thing I'm missing about Charlton away. But talking about the game, uh, yeah, it's hard, because I, really I don't really pay much attention to Charlton. Again, they're a nothing club. So, I don't really pay... They're boring, aren't they, Charlton? Uh, but, yeah... Uh... I'll take a draw right now, if I could, to be fair. Because after Saturday, I think we just need to get points on the board. So, yeah. So, if I had to push you for a prediction for Saturday, Lee? Desmond. Or, but both both Tuesday and Saturday. Uh, pizza trophy, we win. Uh, and then Charlton is a Desmond, 2-2. Because we've got goals in us, but we are going to concede. Uh, oh, well, uh, prediction or yeah, well, yeah. So Tuesday, uh, to be honest, I can't predict that because you never know who's going to come out. I don't really watch much Arsenal youth football, so I couldn't tell you who plays from. Besides, maybe that Florian Balogun, who I think played in the uh, Europa League from. Um, but Saturday, uh, I'll be happy with a point, but. I think maybe they've got a bit too good of a defence for our attacks. Maybe 1-1. Maybe, but I can maybe see them lose 2-1. Well, then win, sorry. Would you, like, would you like to see us change formation, change personnel? What do you two think we're going to go with like in team selection against Charlton? Because Arsenal's, yeah, it's a lot of real. We're going to play, we could play kids, we could play reserves, we could play firstly. But Charlton, what do you think we're going to do with the, with the team selection? I think we'll revert back to Seddon and McLaughlin on the uh, at wing back. Um, obviously, Nesta and Alexander did well against Peterborough, not so well against Bristol Rovers. Um, Seddon and McLaughlin, who have probably been two of our best players this year, they've had a they've had a good rest now after those uh, that period of games uh, in the short space of time. So I think they'll come back. The back three is anyone's guess, if I'm honest. I think it will be Hennigan, Thomas and other. Uh, probably Shocker. Um, and Pig and Longman up front. And again, it depends what he does with the three in the middle because it's, it's, it tends to be Hartigan will play with them one of either Woodyard and Riley and one of either... Uh, Chislet or Radoni. So I don't know. I think that the, the main thing that would definitely happen is the wing backs coming back in. Um, I don't know what you guys think. Charlton, I think, 
you've got to play our strongest squad. If you're resting uh, Hartigan Tuesday and you bring him in, personally, I don't think he's playing that bad this season. You've got to play pig up top with Longman. I don't think Palmer really brings much to the team currently. I'm not 100% sure if that's just because he's unfit or... Yeah, I, I think we'll go with Riley, Woodyard and uh, Hartigan against Charlton. I, I don't think he's going to go with the attacking two of Rudoni or Chisley. I think he'll go with the other two to kind of get in amongst Charlton uh, and stifle them a little bit. And then we might see Rudoni and Chisley later on. But yeah, that's my thoughts. And I again, we'll go for a Desmond 2-2. I reckon... 2-1 Charlton. I'm so optimistic on this podcast. I don't think I've predicted <laughs> us to win once yet. You, yeah, you predicted us to lose against uh, Peterborough and we won. So hopefully, hopefully yeah. that that's the, what's going to happen, Jamie. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, Con? Yeah. Well, yeah, as I was saying, I think it will most likely be a one-all draw, or 2-1 loss, personally. As you said, you can't. I don't think you can really play Rudonian or Chislett. I think we've probably got to do what we've done against Peter, maybe sit back a little bit and then go and just try and be clinical like we were in the second half, come out and took our chances and then again defend. Well, I say defended well, we still conceded, but it did work. And we may end up snatching a win against Charlton. Never know. Just stranger things have happened. I can't get promoted. We're going to be missing not not getting on a boat and getting drunk. Win Christmas. Win draw or lose, you're getting on the booze, isn't it? Saying stupid 2020. Can do one there. Ruining my Charlton away trip. So for this part of the podcast. Uh, Finchie has got a list of Wimbledon players or boo boys, so to speak, that he thinks are unjustified. Uh, so we're going to have a little debate about those about those players. Over to you, Finchie. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, so I've got three players that I've written down. We probably I could have put a few more in there uh, because every season I think we do have one boo boy, at least one boo boy. I think every club across the country will have their boo boys from the big clubs to your non-league clubs, everyone has a boo boy. But these three, I think, are the ones that I feel were unjustified. Uh, they didn't get get the credit they deserved or it was unjustified the reason why they were a boo boy. So to start us off, my first one is Sam Hatton. So Sam Hatton does not get the credit that he deserves for the way he played in a Wimbledon shirt. I watched many of his games and I couldn't believe some of the stick the boy used to get. He was one of our most versatile players. He played right back, right wing, centre mid, attacking mid, defensive mid, left mid. I don't think he played in goal <laughs> or centre back, but he played pretty much every other position. Uh, and I just don't think he got the credit that he deserves in a Wimbledon shirt. He was a class apart uh, for Wimbledon uh, for everything that he did. He, he won us a lot of games, won us a lot of trophies. Uh, and he was a great signing for us at the time. Uh, and, yeah, he played 197 games for us, scoring 22 goals, which isn't bad for someone who then went on and didn't play much after us. 
and, and mainly played non-league level. So I think he deserves more credit than he than he gets. He he came to us as a right back, and he won three promotions with us, which again, as I said, he got so much stick. He did win uh, the Independent Supporters Association Player of the Season in 2010-2011. But he possibly should have won more than that. But yeah, he's my first one. And I don't think he should have been a boo boy. I I quite like Sam Hatton. I, I, he had his moments, don't get me wrong, where I might have been screaming obscenities at him. But I think every player does at some point. Um, yeah, I think, like you said, he was a great servant to the club. Um, you know... Best part of 200 games. Uh, like you said, free promotions. Versatile. Um, frustrating at times, I think, because... Uh, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. I've slept since then. Um, but <laughs> I just remember being frustrated. He was one of those uh, Franco-esque players that were just frustrating at times. And... But yeah, I, I, I never had a problem with Sam Hatton. I quite liked him. Yeah, I get what you mean about the frustration part, but he was he like he took our corners, our free kicks. He was good at all of them. I get, I get people say frustrating, and then I'm, my my second one is going to allude on that a little bit more about frustrating players. But I do believe that he got stick that he didn't deserve or too much stick. Like everyone, everyone gets a little bit of stick. Like even Pig has received it this season. Uh, and he's one of our best players by country mile. But Sam Hatton got too much stick, and I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves for what he did at Wimbledon in his, his in his tenure in his, his years with us. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. That, I agree with you. This is a bit of a boring uh, debate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ask, ask, yeah. ask no, Connor, but he, he was yeah. only about four when Sam Hatton played. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you've said, I'm, I'm maybe a bit too young to. Uh know too much about Sam Hatton. I've only got one memory and that was him, I think, getting fouled in the box but not going down. And I was in the pool strength stand at the time and heard a couple of fans giving him a bit of stick but besides that, I thought actually he was quite loved with the fans, to be fair. I thought most fans actually liked him and actually supported him and he wasn't one of, well, he wasn't in the category of players like Hartigan and well, we've had, as you said, we've seemed to have one every season. But yeah, that's I can't really add much more. <laughs> that's right. You're just saying I'm wrong. That's fine. <laughs> You're always wrong, Chelsea. Remember always that. Wrong. Remember that next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, yeah, I mean, he scored. He scored a penalty in the uh, shootout against Luton. Yeah. Um, was that a game? I think he was. He was he was our designated free kick corner taker and stuff. We never scored from corners. Um, we never scored from free kicks. That could add to the frustration. You know, if, if someone's a dead ball specialist and then, you know, hits the first man on the corner and smashes it straight into the wall, frustrating. Um, it's, but yeah, I like, like I said, I, I like Sam Hatton. I, I, I don't have too much bad to say about him, to be honest. So, just going back to your point there, Jay, there was a time where Wimbledon, Wimbledon scored from pen, not penalties, sorry, from free kicks and corners. Uh, we scored from corners back in the 
combined counties days, Matt Everard, when we had Matt Everard, he scored he scored an obscene <laughs> amount of goals from corners. Uh, I was going to say, Connor, it's probably way before your time. Yeah. There's a guy called Kevin, Kev, Kevin Cooper, who's our leading goal scorer. He used to do this little free kick where he used to kick it under the wall because oh. it was like non-league, like proper Sunday league level defending. They would all jump and then he'd just put it under the wall straight into the straight into the net. And every every week he'd do it. It was unreal. Every week. And then even the same players that we play against would still jump and he'd put it in. Uh, and as Jamie said, uh, yeah, Matt Everard used to score literally every week from the corner. So, but yeah, hey, Sam Hatton, I don't believe he was a, a justified boo boy. Yeah. I might be wrong in that, but I believe that he was. No, I think uh, you've, uh, I think you've won us over, mate. Thank I you. think, uh, I think you, we'll give you that one. I mean, you can. Not sure well, about the others. <laughs> so my second one. Sorry, Connor. I'll just move on to my oh, yeah, second. One. My second one's a very recent one. Uh, so recent he plays this season, and that is Anthony Hartigan. Anthony Hartigan gets a lot of stick from Wimbledon fans. And I believe it's because he is that good, it's the team that lets him down more than him. People also got to remember he's 21, I think. He's just turned 21 or 20. He's played over 100 games in all competitions for Wimbledon. And maybe one thing that he does need to add to his game is goals. But some of his football and some of the balls that he plays are just unreal. Again, I think it's the team that is letting him down more than the stick that he gets. And this year, at the moment, he has been our best player by country mile. He played six games in about, what, 10 days of a week or whatever it was. He's playing more minutes than every other player. I know he's young, so he's got more of an engine on him. But just some of the football that he is playing at the moment is leading us to score goals. And he can't do anything about defensively. So, yeah, so Anthony Hartigan gets more stick than he should and he should be getting more credit. He is... I think people forget how young the guy is. Uh, sorry, Jake, go on then. Yeah, uh, I'm itching, I'm itching. Yeah, uh, I, I, think I, yeah I, t- I touched on Anthony Hartigan, I think, in the first episode um, where we went off on tangent and you shot me down and said, your time yeah. will come. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, here it is. Um, he's so frustrating He's so frustrating. Granted, past past few months this season, he's been up there in terms of our best performers. Um, so I can't uh, kick him too much for this season. But he's he's probably the most frustrating Wimbledon player I think I've ever seen. Um, which I think is why he gets a lot of a lot of stick. A lot of fans are uh, very fickle and are quick to forget all the good things he does when he bottles a tackle or jumps out of the way of a free kick when he stood on the end of the wall when literally his only job is to stand there and jump uh, like he did against Bristol Rovers. Um, that really, really fucking annoyed me. Uh, first thing I did, I just got straight onto WhatsApp. Hard to go, you know, um, which I suppose a lot of people do. Go on, mate. But sorry, you yeah, see, one bad thing that he does in that yeah, game. Yeah, that's what you're I mean. Like, oh, Hartigan, Hartigan, yeah. Hartigan. But you're forgetting yeah. the ball that he sprayed out to the right wing from like the left side that got us onto an attack. You forget about the passes that he passes through. People say this is one of the things I hear a lot with Anthony Hartigan is that he goes sideways or backwards. But then if you can't go forward, what are you meant to do? He tries to go forward, but there's no one there. Our players are not good enough for Anthony Hartigan. I believe our team is not good enough for a player like Anthony Hartigan. And the one thing that lets him down is he's a Chelsea fan. That's probably about it for me. I mean, that's not the only thing that lets him down. 
<laughs> I mean, well, for me, I mean, that's I didn't even know he was a Chelsea fan, so yeah, I hate him even more now. Uh, <laughs> he, he, the bottling of the tackles, right? I, I, that's so, and un Wimbledon. I know we've got a lot of players that bottle tackles. I, I know, I know, I know that. But whenever I see a player bottle a challenge, it annoys me. And he does several week in, week out. I know that's not the kind of player he is, but the type of team that we are, you can't be, uh, you know, jumping out the way of tackles. Um, just go through him, hit him. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it, put a foot in. I'm not, I'm not expecting you to go flying in two-footed and knocking ten foot up in the air, but don't pussyfoot out the challenge. Don't. Do you understand what I mean? And I know, I know what you're saying. Yes, he's 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 a great passer of the ball. Uh, he's got great vision, stuff like that. But we know he's got that. We know he's good at that. It, since day one, he's been good at that. He's had it. And it seems like he's been around. I know he's only 21. He's only young. Uh, but because he what he arrived on the scene when he was 17, it feels like he's been around for ages. Like you said, he's played over 100 games for us. And... When he when he jumped on the scene, he won the EFL best uh, best academy player or best um, apprentice or something like that. Um, and you know you, you were expecting him to be the savior of AFC Wimbledon. Um, ha, has he pushed on enough? No, I think he gets a lot of stick because so much was and is is, is expected of him. Um, does he get too much stick? I would probably agree with you on that. Um, but I think it boils down, like I, like I mentioned with Sammy Hatton, it's the, frustrate, it's the frustration of fans when you know he can do something and he can be better and he can probably be the best player in the team, yet he isn't. Really, really gets to people, you know? Yeah, well, I, I can actually add to this, and unlike Sam Hatton, because I actually the kids younger than me, so I actually I actually quite like Anthony Hogan, to be honest. So I think, as you say, he's young. He's he's a cracking passable, and if you've not got the players who are going to make the runs, you can't pay, you can't play the ball. So he's having to pass sideways and backwards. He's having to do what Trotter and Saws were getting shouted at for years as well, and the only thing I do, I will say that is bad about him, is he just cannot seem to take a corner. <laughs> and they always just seem to hit the first man or just go over everyone and out for a goal kick or a throw-in. Which is irritating and that's probably why I've never actually really seen us score a header from a corner, really. Because I've been watching the likes of him and George Franken take them. <laughs> you think we think we practice these uh, set pieces in training or something, wouldn't you? He's probably pinging them in, you know, square on someone's head, uh, one after the other at training. But maybe that the corner he's taking is meant to be the corner. That's it's meant to go front post, but the man's not making the run. So Andy Harkin's doing his job, but it's the players that are not making the run to the front post. That that is flick. such a cop out. That is such a, that's a joke. <laughs> But you know, tell you, if that if that corner is was supposed to happen, Glenn Hodges needs sacking, mate. That's a joke. You again, <laughs> Connor. You just alluded to like two boo boys that were deservedly boo boys. Maybe not Sauce, but Trotter. Trotter was a 
deserved boo boy. These these are the boo boys that I don't think deserved or deserved the amount of stick that they receive. And Jamie has already put my point already on the done it for me. He he don't like Anthony Hogan, even though he's our best player currently, and he's already said that. I, I, I don't think he's been our best player this season. I think he's been up there. I don't hate Anthony Hartigan. He frustrates me. And like I said, uh, I mentioned it in episode one, um, and you kind of alluded to it earlier. If Anthony Hartigan was in a better team, it would be, it'd be, it'd be sensational. Where he's got time and doesn't have to do the donkey work. Uh, where he's got time and he's got the runners in front of him that are doing the the runs that he needs to make those passes. You put him in, you know, a top League One team, maybe even into the Championship, and I think, you know, he'd slot right in. But for what we potentially need him to do as a relegation dogfight type of team that we have been over the past few years, to do the to do the hard graft and put a tackle in, track back. Yes, he's been good this season. I, I got you that. No, he doesn't deserve the amount of stick that he but gets. But that, yeah, go on, mate. That is not his game. Tackling is not his game. That is Woodyard and that is Riley, right? And that's our defenders behind him. His game is not to put his foot in. It's not to go in for leg breakers. His game is to get the ball and pass it. Get it, give it. Get it, give it. Feed the eye of the needle. That then is he, his game. He doesn't fit our. He doesn't fit our formation or our team or our tactics. We does currently because we're scoring goals for fun, just as defence that we need to sort out, Jamie. <laughs> right, I, I'm it, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you Hartigan as well. I think. Thank you. I think because it's true. It's true. Yeah, well, I like yeah. Hartigan. So there you go. I'm glad you stood down from that fence, Jamie, and I'm, I'm glad me and Connor are on the I've same just page. Got one right. question, really. This. Yeah. Go when ahead. you mentioned um, the two books. The two boo boys who are who I mentioned Wait, is that Trotter and Saws or Trotter and Frankham? Trotter and see, I like wardrobes. Yeah, see, yeah, I didn't mind Saws. Saws gave yeah. a shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? You could tell. Well, you could tell that. He, whereas Trotter just, I give a shit, but I'm not good enough to play for Wimbledon. Yeah, I know. Same but as Saws. Oh, well done. You 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 care, mate. You you give yeah. a shit, but you you can't play because you look like you play like a donkey. Yeah. Him but, and Trotter, the two wardrobes. Yeah, but I mean, that's why I didn't mind Saws because you know he cared, whereas Trotter just you know moped around or you know didn't yeah. didn't give a monkeys. That's you, you, we want players that play for the badge. Deserved. And, yeah. Yeah. So at the moment we've got Sam Atten, undeserved, and we've got. You're 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 two and zero, mate. But uh, I'm, I'm this, moving. This, I, I, I know who's coming I'm just up moving next. it on because we could talk about Saws Trot. I hate doing it because my next one is going to be the controversial one, the clickbait one, as some people would say. But I think that someone who got <laughs> didn't get the credit that he deserved. You're laughing already. Got, you don't even believe it yourself. Well, no, <laughs> and, and got um, and was a boo boy was uh, Quasi Appia, and the reason why I say Quasi Appia got stick that he didn't deserve right is I, I don't like his attitude and I don't like his media stuff his Twitter stuff I don't like the fact that he tweeted the uh, eyeballs and the clock time or the what was it the timer, yeah, the timer. when Wally Downs got sacked or he left I don't like that and again I didn't like his attitude but 
he got blamed for being injured, which ain't his fault. He got blamed for being on a three-year contract on a rumoured three grand a week. That's not his fault. Okay. When he was fit and when he was healthy and he, he'd score goals, look at a Fleetwood away in the cup when he knocks them out of the cup with his two goals. Was it two goals or one goal? One I, goal. I remember one. One goal was unreal. Right? Anthony Hartigan scored that guy as well. They scored yeah, that did, day as well. It. See? Right. On his day, Kwesi Appiah was one of our best natural finishers ever to play for Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon, in recent times. I don't know because I don't know how another Hans Sagers debate. But yeah, <laughs> he he was a brilliant natural finisher for us. Okay. He gets stick for being injured and getting a three year contract. Whoever gave him that three year contract is the one that deserves to be getting stick. Whoever gave him the reported funds and wages that we reportedly gave him deserves to be getting stick. Kwesi does not deserve the stick that he got for the playing time that he had. Done. Connor, I'll let you jump in first before I, uh, I need to compose myself. I mean, the only, <laughs> the only excuse I've really got for Kwesi as um as Lee's mentioned with the injuries, is he got a lot of stick for being injured, but, I mean, Will Nightingale's probably injured the same amount, if not more. And he's seen as God's gift to some of our fans, so... I'm surprised he don't get the stick, but I mean, personally, I shouldn't really stand up here. I mean, he's blocked me on Twitter from a tweet where I didn't even at him. It wasn't even the club's tweet. It wasn't even his tweet. I think it was a tweet Ray Armfield put out. I don't know. But yeah, I don't think you're really going to change my mind here, Lee, to be honest. I've, I agree with you on the other, well, I agree with you on Haskin. Can't say I really agreed on Sam Hanks. I, don't know much, but personally, I can't see you changing my mind about Appiah because the only excuse for me is none. No, well, fans don't blame Will Nightingale, and but for me, Appiah just wasn't that good of a player, and I thought he deserved a stick. Right, I get, I get what you're saying with regards to Will. Will's not on the same manual contract that Quezzy's on. And also, Will's born and bred Wimbledon, come through the youth for eight, and will go through brick walls for RC Wimbledon. So that's why I think he doesn't get much stick. He, I think he gets stick in little forums, Will, but I don't think it's as vocal on the mainstream Twitters, Facebooks as well as Quezzy got. And I think, I, know I get Quezzy blocked a lot of people, but then if you're getting called a wage thief every week because he's injured... And people are saying, oh, you're injured now, you're playing against West Ham. Oh, that's funny. Well, again, he didn't ask to be picked. He didn't ask to get that contract. He, he went in and went, I want a three-year deal on three grand a week. And then Neil Ardley or whoever signed that deal went, there you go, cool. He's probably coming out going, yeah, thank you very much. Three-year free, uh, free deal. And I'm injured most of that. Go on then, yeah. Jay. So, like you said, it's, it's not his fault that he was on a three-year deal or that he was injured. And... You know, he's blocking people on Twitter because they're calling him a wage thief. They're calling him a wage thief because he was a wage thief. He he was a wage thief. He he was injured most of the time, yeah. All right, it's not his fault. Uh he's on big money, all right, not his fault. When he did play, uh especially after the injury, another one that bottled tackles, another one that didn't put his foot in, another one that looked like he didn't really give a monkeys. And you brought up Will. Will obviously cares. He he gives a shit. 
you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Appy is the complete polar opposite of that. Um, the whole uh, egg and timer thing, uh, or the eyes and the timer thing on Twitter. You know, a lot of Wimbled- Wimbledon fans idolised Wally Downs. He kept us up. He's old school Wimbledon. He's crazy gang. And, you know, you're essentially, you know, laughing at him losing losing his job. Um when it, 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 he didn't get it, he didn't get the fans, didn't fit in. Um, you speak about injuries. You speak about uh, when we had him on loan. Uh, we had him on loan from Palace for a short time, yeah. didn't we? Um, yes. And he looked shit up. He was quick. Mm. Scored against Southend. Uh, did score against Southend. Great goal. Um, and then he played for Cambridge against us. Season afterwards. Again, was causing our defence all sorts of problems, really pacey. He's obviously then gone back to Palace. Uh, he was in the Ghanaian national squad. Uh, knee injury, wasn't it? The the bad one, he got it while he was out in Norway or he did, did, he did it twice. Norway, um, yeah. Which then, all that pace that was causing all those problems, uh, which was arguably the best part of his game, went. Uh, and it had it stank a little bit of uh, Michael Owen. Michael Owen came out and said, you know, the latter stages of his career when he uh, when he was picking up in- injuries and stuff, you know, he wasn't never a hundred percent. He would never give a hundred percent. He would never, you know, sprint as fast as he could because he knew he'd get injured. He'd, he'd always bottle out of tackles because he knew if he if he went diving in, he'd get injured. And that was the same I felt with Quezzy. And all I want as a Wimbledon fan, obviously you have to be good enough, but all I want from a Wimbledon fan is you give a shit, you give 100%, and he never did that. He played a handful of games, then he'd get injured again. He's on big money. Like I said before, that that I think he's a deserving boo, boo boy because it didn't work out for us. It didn't work out for him with us. It didn't. We've given him a three-year contract, which probably on the day that he signed it, a lot of a lot of fans, myself included, went, oh, we've got Quezzi Appiah, that's a great sign. And I remember when he used to play for us and cause us all those sorts of problems. But he wasn't the same player. You know, I get, I get, I get your point and I'm going to come back with, why do we keep thinking that footballers have to give a shit because they sign for Wimbledon? Footballers at the end of the day are mercenaries. They're coming in to do a job, earn a wage, and then they've gone again. Uh, football is a short career. Uh, he's off now, I think, playing in India now. Uh, and he's giving the same talk out there, let's go, the old football cliches. He's trying his best because he's earning a wage. And if he could then earn a wage, say, going and playing in Singapore, a better wage, he would. Footballers are mercenaries. They care about themselves and they care about money. There's not many nowadays who care about the club that they play for and don't want to play for that many years for that club anymore. That's That's long gone in the game of football, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's not necessarily that I want him to give a shit about Wimbledon Football Club. I just want him to give a shit for that 90 minutes that he's played. I want him to, you know, look look like he's interested and wants to win a game and not bottle tackles and, you know, not mope around, not do stupid stuff on Twitter. It's just, just, you know, and and yeah, you know, good luck to him in India. Fair play. You know, obviously he wants to play for as long as possible because it is a short career, but, as long as he's playing for anyone but AFC Wimbledon, good luck to him. 
<laughs> just going back to my point, really, and um, I think someone made a point about it wasn't his fault that he was injured all the time or that he was on the rumoured £3,000 a week. Let's face it, with the amount of injuries, it didn't just cost the club £3,000 a week. The amount of time spent on the injury bench and probably having to pay doctors and specialists for a surgery or other little things that he's probably had. I thought, just for me, he's just a deserved boot boy just because, well, I don't think he was good enough or he'd, and he cost the club way too much money. Yeah, but again, this is not his fault that he cost the club that much money. It's whoever signed him. When he went, we signed him after he got injured in Norway. So we obviously didn't do our due diligence on his injuries or the fitness of the man. And I, I get, I, I don't like, I didn't like his attitude. But again, I don't like many footballers' attitudes nowadays. I don't like his Twitter stuff. Again, people, Wally Downs done a hell of a job for us and was, is well loved and still well loved by the club. But I don't think he deserved the amount of stick he got for being injured. When he played, he scored goals for us and he was good. But unfortunately, whoever signed that deal off is the one that should be getting the stick and is the one that should be getting booed. And if it was Neil Hardley, Neil Hardley won't get a word said against him because he is, again, it's Neil Hardley. I mean, you talk about Sam Hatton. You talk about... Well, let's start with Sam Hatton. Great servant to the club. Yep. Would you say? Yeah. Anthony okay. Anthony Hartigan, whether who he is now or, or more so when he leaves, serve good servant to the yeah, club. I'd say so. Yep. Yeah. Quezzy Appia, good servant <laughs> to the club. No. No. There you go. <laughs> that, that, that's my case. That's my case. He was with us for three years, and yeah, he, he was with us for three years, and. He scored that good goal against Doncaster where he dinked it over the bloke's head. He scored against West Ham. He scored against Fleetwood. That's it. You know, give me Tyrone Barnett over him, honestly. Well, well there's, there's <laughs> yeah. another one. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's see what, what people say. So, everyone get involved online, Twitter, Facebook, at Wombles Dream, at the Wombles Had a Dream on Facebook, and let us know, am I correct in the three I've picked as undeserved boo boys, or is Quezzy a deserved boo boy? Is Anthony Hogan a deserved boo boy? And was Sammy Hatton a deserved boo boy? We had our uh, competition going on Twitter uh, for the AFC Wooden rucksack bag. However, you want to call it. Uh, thanks for everyone that got involved and entered the competition. Uh, Finchie has randomly selected a winner, haven't you, Finchie? That's correct. And can you let us know who's won it? Drum roll, please. Yeah, it was uh, Paul the names in a generator, and the number name that came out was Russell Blake. So well done to Russell Blake two three five on Twitter. You are now the uh, rightful owner of a AFC Wimbledon rucksack. Well done, mate. Well done. Russell Blake and two three fours fuming, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> two three six guy, man, yeah. as well. 
So to wrap up today's podcast, we're going to be discussing our three favourite AFC Wimbledon or Wimbledon chants uh, over the years. Connor, do you want to start with your number three? Yeah, well, um, as you two know, it's taken me a good couple of hours to get a top three. Yeah, um, <laughs> until about ten minutes ago, I only had two, but at number three is probably the show me the way to play a lane chant. Uh, it's just, well, it's just really just because, well, we're now back at Plough Lane to show, I think the chant kind of shows how far the club have come since starting again in the Combine Counties and just for me, I think it just kind of shows everything that the club's really about. It was about getting home, it was about, well, being a fans club and stuff like that. I think, I think for me, it's just got to be in the top three. I presume the the words for that chant will have to change now. I, this is what I was going to say. It never changed through the years. It was always showing away 10 years ago. Mm. A, it's like, well, wait a minute, we've been away now. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago. Where are you? It's always 10 years. It's always 10 no one years. Ever changed, no, no one ever changed the words as no. we went on. But yeah. I so thought I it was we have to change it now, don't we? Yeah. Well, we're at home now, so we need a new chant. <laughs> yeah. Get right. We, we found our way to Palane. If our listeners could rewrite it. Any avid music songwriters? Yeah, show me the way Different. to the pub at Plough Lane. Nice, <laughs> yeah, cool. nice. Show me the way to the bar. <laughs> uh, I've gone. Mine's pretty boring, but um, it's the common new Don's chant that we we sing every corner, right? Yet we never fucking score from corners, and like without fail, we get the corner. There's a massive roar, and common new Don's rings out across all four sides of the stadium. Uh, and then Anthony Hartigan hits the first defender. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just means a lot. It's, it's you know, gr- growing up, uh, going to games with my family, we always used to get really excited for that chant. So that's why I've chosen that one. Yeah, I've got a g- question about that chant. Why in the chem flow? I don't know if either, if either of you have ever, were ever in that stand. Whenever, that, whenever we get a corner and we start that, people get their keys out. Yeah, I know the reason behind that, and I really don't like it. It's uh, some of our fans went over to St. Pauli, uh, and they were doing the same kind of like come on St. Pauli or something from a corner, and they all got their keys out, and there was about five hundred of them with their keys out doing it. So our fans, the geniuses that they are, thought they'd steal that and do it, and then you get about five geezers, a few birds are behind them doing it, and I I don't really like it, but each to their own. Uh, yeah, so it come from St. Pauli. A few of our fans went out there, oh. uh, and that's where it's come from. But yeah, when when there's five hundred to a thousand people doing it, I can imagine it's quite good. But two or three, five guys <laughs> with their keys. Uh, I mean, one of them drops them, and then now he can't get home. So yeah, well done, mate. Uh, my number three, and I don't think you two, you might have been too young for this, but uh, legend is Mikey T came up with this song, or. I think he did, but he used to sing it all the time. But unfortunately, we've lost Mikey T on the terraces because he does the commentary now. Uh, great job him and Rob Cannell do on the commentary. Uh, but he used to sing Everywhere We Go. Have you ever... Everywhere yeah. We Go. Yeah. He used to do that. But he Can you to... give us a full rendition of it? Please? I can't, because it goes on for literally <laughs> the whole 90 minutes. He'll start singing, we bought up a car and then it goes on for ages and I remember going up to Middlesbrough one of my first ever away games as a 15 year old boy on the coach up there and two legendary things happened first one I met the legend that is 
Roy Capel. Roy Capel, RIP, rest in peace, mate. He was an absolute legend, the geezer. He used to go around just swearing at everyone. Uh, I met him. He got uh, drunk and fell down the stairs. And I met Mikey, too, who sang the Everywhere We Go song. And I just, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, and we used to sing it all the time. And then, unfortunately, Mike has now retired to the comms, which is quite sad. But, yeah, that was my number three. Nice. Uh, you should you should try and resurrect it, mate. It, it is, you could, you I'd could love be to. the new Mikey T. I'd love to. Well, I'm better. But <laughs> I beat him at Paul as well. So if he does listen, he knows what for the way I beat him at Paul. Quite easy as well. And he used to think he was a bit of a player back then. But, yeah, I'd love to do that song. It is unreal. It goes on for, we bought up, uh, what's the other one? We bought up an off-license, sell cheap lager. Everywhere we go. We're from Wimbledon. Oh, it's brilliant. Such a good song. Anyway. Yeah. Right. I keep, I'm getting goosebumps about <laughs> you singing that. <laughs> Mate, there'll be people <laughs> listening to this that will get, get goosebumps. And also, as I said, I met Roy Capel, Middlesbrough Way, when that song was sung, and he was a, an absolute legend of a man. So, uh, Number two, Connor. Uh, number two... It was um, the one when that we seem to just sing at Scum whenever they come to our place. Where were you when you were us? Good shot. Yeah, I just good shot. I mean, I just like it just because it annoys them. Yeah. <laughs> and it it was pretty class in the FA Cup game when we, we were all singing that against mm. them. But let's not talk about them too much. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get too angry and yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't want that. Uh, my number two, I've gone for. It's very predictable, Lee. I, I can just, I can just, I can hear you saying predictable before I've even said <laughs> it. Um, Wally's at the wheel. I like that chant. That's not. Um, that's not predictable. To it's say. not predictable, is it? No. Um, number one's predictable. Uh, yeah. So I feel that when that song, obviously we were dead and buried when Wally Downs took over. He then took over. He kept us up. And there was a real feel-good factor around the club at that point. And that chant seemed to, I don't know, you know, that chant reminds me of, you know, staying up. Uh, and it's a cracking chant, to be fair. Everyone, when it really got going on, on an away day, even at home, it got, the, it got the ground rocking at home as well, which is, which is hard to get it rocking. Uh, at, you know, I know the Kings Meadow had outstanding atmosphere, but... Um, it's because... Yeah. It's because there was no toilet rolls thrown on the pitch beforehand. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually watched, I watched some YouTube videos. It does look really impressive. Class, it? But yeah. uh, no, that's a, that's a good choice. I like that song. The only reason I, it's a great song, and it, the only problem I have with it is we stole it from Man United. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and it is yeah. it, your point is absolutely valid. I didn't pick it. I haven't got that song on my in my top two. My my second one is the Champagne song. Which I'm gonna guess it maybe might be one of yours top, but the champagne song is yeah, it's brilliant. It's my it's my second and when you hear my first you'll understand why I put it second. But champagne song is just brilliant. I don't I think we've made that up as well. I think that is well, our I mean, chant. Yeah, that's that's our chant and there's no other chant really like it, is there? And that's why I love it, because it's original yeah. to us, it's original to women. Yeah. We come up with that. Three three verses. Yep, no more. As well, which is impressive. Uh, and when you uh, when you go to some northern places, they actually all all the lines make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so when you go to some of the northern towns that you go to, you actually think, well, actually, yeah, yeah. your haircut is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was yeah. my number two, Champagne song. Yeah, uh, that's my number one. It's, it's, you know, it's a great chant. 
it's Wimbledon. Um, I remember when I used to go as a little kid, my dad always used to chant different words. Whenever there was a rude song, like the champagne song, uh, he'd always chant different words over the top. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Connor, yeah. I presume that's your number one as well. Yeah, it is. It was um, when you messaged me and said we we're discussing our top three Wimbledon chants. That was the first one that came to my mind. I liked, well, I mainly like it because of its uniqueness and the fact that really it's only us that actually sing it. Also, like they uh, give a bit of stick to the away fans. As Lee said, go to most northern places and it's all true. And <laughs> I just, yeah, you know, it's like the song, I think it's, um, I uh, don't even know what the word is really, but uh, just, well, as a chant goes, I think it's probably one of the, well, it's my favourite one, obviously, for being number one on yeah. my list, but I'm sure I don't know what you're going to choose, Lee. Uh, I'm sure this one might be a bit before my time. I have an idea. I have an idea, but I'm, in, I'm intrigued the, to see what the thing, is, thing about the champagne song as well is you say Northern Town. We could go to like Charlton Away and there. Yeah, that's true. And stuff like that. So, yeah. do you know what I mean? You go follow them and all the hipsters down there. And so, it they makes do sense have, to a lot of places we go. They in Charlton as well. Yeah, well, and yeah. boat stops. <laughs> But, uh, Stop going on about the boat. Well, no, we know you missed it. We know you I'm want gutted, to go. Gutted, mate. Gutted. All right. My number one song is the name of this podcast. Uh, and the reason why I've chosen it is it's my my mates come up with this song. So I've got to give a big shout out to Matty Willingham, Lewis Wood, and the boys who come up with this song. They put it together. I think we it is there is a Rangers song. It's very similar to this. Uh, four, four Lads Had a Dream. But the words just wombles out a dream to watch our football team playing back at Plough Lane. It's it is what it is, and that's where we are now. And I just I love it. I think everywhere you go, you can sing it. It's brilliant. And as I said, it's the reason why I love it so much is a few of my mates come up with it and they put the lines together, uh, and then it started singing. Uh, everyone started singing it. Uh, yeah. So the wombles out a dream. The name of the podcast. Can't believe you didn't yeah, put that in, Jay. Shameless plug, mate. That's what that is. Well, I have to sack you now. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was, uh, that was why it was my number one. Uh, deserved number one. A champagne song was close. There was a couple others. Uh, last year, put, uh, Is He Sexual? Oh, Calabai. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. that was a good friend of mine, Titch, who come up with that, that one. That's that one. He's still living on that one yeah. as well. I, I've got another one. And you know, Pump It Up. Yeah. Pump, pump It Up. Terrible hard as fuck. But I keep getting loads of stick over that and getting told that's never going yeah, to work. Yeah, so. I'd, I'd stop trying to make that happen, mate. If I were you. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it comes on the radio, I put boom and I record it and send it to all the boys. <laughs> and they tell me to go do one. Go on, go on. Yeah, go, go on. on. Just thinking, I said when I, when I was saying my number three, I struggled to find the number three and it turns out there's one staring me right in the face. What was that? Was that a dream? I mean, I'm on the I'm on the podcast. How did I not be able to say? Yeah, well, it's yeah. first and only time. I'll almost put um, uh, Elvis Presley in there. Oh yeah, I do like that chant. I can't stop. Help, I can't help falling in love with you. Yeah, um, but I don't feel yeah. like that's a chant. That's a song. It's one of my favourite songs. A lot. A lot um, of other clubs sing exactly. that as well. Exactly, it's not it's not ours, but I do I do. 
I do I do love that song. I do also like give a uh, pisser a shout out here. They come up with give me a double yeah, bye M a whim a whim whim more than a C. There's a, there's, we've got some we've got some good chance. To be fair, yeah, we still a lot of them, but yeah, yeah some of them are good. We, we had LA LA oh, LA going for a while, didn't we? Stole that. That was a good. That one. was a good one, yeah, but again like stolen. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I like the originality of songs. Yeah. Uh, and give the Northerners some credit, they do come up with the best yeah. songs. Northern teams have the best football songs. Apart from the Champagne songs. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is us, yeah. but it's number two. So. so yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll ask everyone listening to get involved on Twitter and socials. If we've missed a glaringly obvious chant that you think is the best ever Wimbledon chant, then please do let us know. Uh, and we'll be back next Thursday. <laughs> thank you for listening to the wombles had a dream podcast if you would like to contact us you can do so by twitter at wombles dream or via facebook at the wombles had a dream away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.